Hi, I'm Joe Lynch, director of such cinematic classics as Wrong Turn 2, Knights of Badastum, Everly, and of course the new film, Mayhem. And when I'm not masturbating to Sasquatch porn, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Ooh, it feels so good. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that knows everybody goes a little mad sometimes. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, it's time to go mad, 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 as we descend for the third time into our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament mm-hmm. with our 2019 selection episode. Yes. But before we get to that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your bracket hole. And in the month of March, <laughs> if you don't follow us on social media... I understand. We're pretty boring. You know, we were just, for the most part, it's a lot of retweets of some of our, you know, favorite podcasts, this and that. Um, but as this episode releases on the 1st of March, uh, it, this is now the third year mm-hmm. where we as horror fans, for the most part, and it's, if we're being very basic, I guess. October is always the best time of the year, it right? It is the most wonderful time of the year. And as we recently discovered, December is quite good as well. Yes, it's the second best time of the year. But, you know, coming up close third. You know, and within the last two years, as we have launched our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, March has become a, a month I really look forward to. You know, I was thinking about it. Like in October, even everybody and even the normies have the 31 days of horror, right? But we're so hardcore. Fucking we're doing it in 31 days in March. I don't even know if March has 31 days. Has September, April, June, and November. March don't even have 31 days. But we're fucking doing it anyway. Lousy March weather. <laughs> well, the whole thing, um, again, my apologies if this is your third Into the Mouth March Madness tournament or if this is the first. But just to kind of give you a little bit of background about where this came about is... For those of you uh, horror fans that are not into the sports ball, mm-hmm. uh, in the month of March, Yay, sports ball. <laughs> the uh, the college basketball world, they get together, they have this whole March Madness tournament where they get 64 teams, and they put together this big old bracket, and the thing that everyone loves to do is they fill out the bracket to try to guess who is going to win this big tournament. Right, who's going to come out on top. And then they play the games, and then they go, oh, everyone, my team won or my team didn't. And oh, pe- what a, it's a Cinderella story, you know? People really get into it. Yeah. And and listen, we're not the only horror podcast. We're not the only horror you know website that have done something like this. But we thought, how much fun would it be to take a look at, you know, well, not 64 horror movies, because that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's so a lot. We decided to cut it in half and look at 32 films, but we ultimately wanted to make sure to kind of celebrate films that are celebrating a decade in horror. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to celebrate films that were celebrating 10 years of horror. And then 20 years, and then 30, 30. years, and then 40. So we go back 40 years with the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, mm-hmm. and we look at films, and cel- again, celebrate. I'd like to emphasize celebrate yeah. films from that area. Now, the issue and the biggest thing with this whole tournament, and probably the hardest thing for us, 
is the, there's a plethora yes. of goodness. There's a buffet of horror. But you know what I was thinking? Okay, so there's a buffet of horror, right? Like at March Madness parties where they have like buffet and stuff. And so they have like the fans painted up like that. So we kind of do like that, but we're in blood. That's what that's what or it you is. just so cosplay like, yeah. as your favorite person. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Like, look at me. I'm Reggie Bannister. You know, <laughs> he brings the best ice cream. <laughs> well, that's the fun. Though. Play well, a good game, boy. And we'll get to that. <laughs> but that's the hardest thing, though, is only selecting only eight films. Right. Because there are so many good movies from each decade. And not only do does this episode, particular episode, do we reveal the lineup and defend you know, our inclusions to right. Into the Mouth of March Madness. Well, we also defend our exclusions, too. We want to make sure, and that's practically what this entire episode is, is mm-hmm. honorable mentions. Because and sorry's. <laughs> no matter, no matter We're gonna what. We're going to piss somebody off. What do you mean that one wasn't on there? You, you call yourselves horror fans? So, you know, only so many seeds can be sown. So. And that's just it. The movie we leave off is going to be someone's absolute favorite yeah. horror film, and they're going to stop listening to this podcast because that's horror just... shit. Just <laughs> Our horror cards will be revoked. Yeah. But we try to reach out to a wide audience mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of our inclusions. But the whole idea then is then we talk and debate these films. And then March Madness style, they, you know, certain films are eliminated to move yeah. forward to the next round. Thunderdome style, two films enter and, and then only one can go on. And then they fight and then only one can go on. And the thing that I really love about this whole tournament is we invite other fans of horror films be they podcasters writers directors just people that genuinely love horror to come mm-hmm. in and engage in the debate and the thing is ultimately we don't just make it a well uh, this movie's better because it's my favorite and uh, you're just wrong wow <laughs> this vcr better work nerdlinger <laughs> we try to be a, be a little bit more scientific right. if you will and with each round we from do our f- homework you have to show your work yep. as it is mm-hmm. and each round we always offer two criteria and we, both one is usually more of an emotional question and the other one is usually logical mm-hmm. but that is the criteria we break down to see which film moves forward yep head in the heart indeed that's what we do something that is closer to your heart close to the heart that's the first time take your first drink ladies yep. and gentlemen the first of many getty lee impressions that will happen here but like i said what's great with this is the fact that we get to engage with other horror fans and again because we are you know really stressing staying local here in kansas city the first four uh the first uh, i should say the round of the scream 16 will feature all local people here in the kansas city area yes that's super epic man this is exciting this is it's always a good time now that being said in the month of march we're so mad that we are actually from here on out releasing two episodes a week because we this is our third year so we've had a lot of trial and errors too and the first one march madness went almost into august so that first year we did learn a lot in fact the the biggest episode we learned uh, was to bank bank and bank some more so much so that this episode is being recorded really early on here yeah so much so that we we've pretty much confirmed all of our guests but we don't want to say because a lot of life can happen we mm-hmm. understand but ultimately we do have a lot of people engaged and like i said the um on monday you're going to get the first round of every year so for example next monday you're going to get the first round of films from 1979 Mm -hmm. then that friday you're getting almost two episodes in one because we then have the next two rounds the round of the scream 16 Mm -hmm. and then the round of the hateful eight yes and then after that once we get through all the years it is then up to you the listeners out on the social media on the, on the final four who's the champ 
And it's really important in the month of March to follow us along on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And some of the cool things about this is, one, it puts like a fun spin on it, but you get to revisit some old favorites. And in a lot of them, there's some awesome first timers. The so, discoveries are the thing that I look forward to yes. in the month, the build up to March. Because let's face it, we're not watching this all in the month of March. Right. Uh, we challenge you to. We challenge you guys to. But that's the good thing about like podcasts. Like if you can't get to the next episode, you know, so you got time, right? But but the uh, the tournament, the bracket itself is posted on Facebook and on Twitter. And like we said, show us your work, mm-hmm. send in your results, see who is the winner of your Into the Mouth of March Madness, and tell us why. Oh, again, Absolutely. you've got to show, show your, your homework. Work. Yeah, uh, but it is a lot of fun. And now our past winners include such films as uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors. Dream- Refer back to our recent commentary track that did close out the month of January, as well as last year's winner was Halloween. Yeah, came in swinging. Now, which film is going to win the uh, Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament in 2019? It's it's ultimately... It's up to you guys. Well, and what's crazy is it, the way we have break this down, it honestly could depend on the day yeah. we record it could end up differently. There's some exciting battles. There's some good things coming up, and I'm really excited to see who goes to and the next round. And there's some movies that I'm excited to see. There's some movies. Honestly, there's some movies that I'm dreading seeing, but there's some ones that I'm ready for. I'll even say this. There are a few movies in here that have along the variety of, I've seen that. Yeah. There's a, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll actually, you know, you know, it, I guess I should say, um, Oh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Just, you know, just say, yes, I, I have not seen that, but it will be my first time and it's going to be glorious. Yeah. Confess. Confessions. Good Lord. I, we're both, we were both raised Catholic and we didn't know confession. It's Fucking, still in the back of the brain it's, there. It's been that long. Either that or that's some like hidden shit. Put that stuff in the back. Put a cork in that one. <laughs> so... Oh, my goodness. That's too funny. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead. We are going to, this is the point now of the show, we are going to go ahead and defend our selections and reveal the selections from each particular decade. Should we do the honorable mentions? No, we're going to do, we're going do, to the, do our selections first and then the honorable mentions. Cool. No, we're going to go ahead and do this chronologically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get your bring your rake with you because we're traveling back 40 years to the year of 1979. Want to go back in time? <laughs> I was a scant three years old. Yeah. So, no, I didn't see any of these films in the theater. No. Uh, yeah, no, but I remember seeing one of these on TV. So. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, we'll get to that. Uh, and actually, the good thing is I fortunately, through repertory screenings, uh, thank you, Alamo and Screenland, I have seen a lot of these in the theater since. Yeah. Now, the beauty of our first round of the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament is uh, we have everything, the, the initial setup here are bracket topics. Mm-hmm. So we have two films that are going to be battling each other in a particular bracket. And our first bracket comes from the subgenre of an interesting genre, and that genre is killer nouns. Yeah. For example, so that's a that's the main genre. Now, underneath killer nouns, you might have something like Maximum Overdrive, which is a killer car movie, mm-hmm. a subgenre of a killer noun. We have something like um, Arachnophobia, a killer animal movie. Correct. And our first bracket and our first battle here in 1979 is a member of that subgenre and it is killer kids yes fuck this okay so <laughs> one of these movies is i've never seen before it's gonna be a first time watch for me oh excellent 
And is that one of those that maybe you could do an, yeah, I've seen that? Or is yeah, that that's just an, like... I, well, no, I, that might be a, like, no, I've never seen that. Okay. And that's understandable. So we got Killer Kids. So so what fucking... In, in 1979, there was one kid that scared the shit out of me. And he... And all, you just need to go back to an episode we did not too long ago last year. It was kind of scariest movie scenes. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but it's only low-hanging because it's just so scary. Yeah. And what's also awesome with this particular matchup is we have two masters going up against each other as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two films in question also offers a little international a flavor little and horror as well. <laughs> yeah. You're, we're going to be ordering poutine with our first film, and it is indeed David Cronenberg's the Brood. Now, this one I have not seen. So this is going to be your first time this watch? This is going to be my first time watch with The Brood. This is what I love about this it, particular film. Is it, is it Squiddly Diddly Cronenberg? It is a, it's kind of the perfect Cronenbergian meld uh-huh. of creepy Cronenberg uh-huh. with classic Cronenberg. Ooh. Like, because of this one, we really get the brilliance of the fly. So this, okay, so this is like the missing link. Yeah. Oh, it's the psychoplasmatic... Um, little residue of in that'll make sense once you see the film but killer kid in this film will give you nightmares in a straight nightmare fuel okay it's horrifying okay horrifying the other kid in the next one which was ironically probably one of the few ones that's a made for tv movie which is going to make it a very interesting rewatch as well but you talk about a master going against a master we have tobey who pairs salem's lot fuck that kid Fuck that kid. Uh-uh. Dude, the, him in his pajamas coming in the... No, that that is nightmare fuel right there. The, the the bracket topic itself was killer kids, but ultimately we might have to make an audible and now make it a... Oh, fuck that noise. <laughs> fuck <laughs> that kid bracket. No, because then there's another one in the next one that's like, oh, fuck all that noise. We'd have to have like, fuck that one, fuck that two category, fuck that category And it's always three. amazing that a lot of those categories <laughs> ultimately come from the 70s. Yeah, I know, because they were hardcore shit back then man i think some of my favorite discoveries from the into the mouth of march madness have come from the 70s yeah my martin that was fucking hardcore it was fantastic so going from killer kids to our next topic which really in there this one actually had some legs Mm -hmm. it started with the phrase dealing with the dead yeah now we were like oh great we love alliteration that works now we're talking back and forth and the dealing with the dead well, it it kind of do we say it evolved? It devolved. Yeah, it devolved. And unfortunately, rather than dealing with the dead, our next bracket topic is diddling the dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I guess if that's to stay on brand, if you will. I mean, it's the, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will diddle. Uh, and uh, but honestly, though, this also in. This is. This could also be a what the fuck. And this is actually the first round matchup that, for me, any of these two films could easily win this entire tournament. And that's a bummer because, for me, both of these films should move on, but only one can move move forward here. And our first film, let me be honest, you know, if it doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Don Coscarelli's <laughs> Phantasm. It's gonna play a good game, boy. <laughs> that is, and you know, obviously with the recent Joe Bob Briggs um, last drive in marathon, mm-hmm. Phantasm is getting probably a good reappraisal. And we've de- we've devoted not an entire episode to it. Actually, no, we talked a little about the Phantasm Ravager experience. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but this will always be. This is always a fun one to come back We're to. We're going old school. And paired up against this one in terms of diddling the dead is another one that is going to be a worthy rewatch. But this also gives us another taste of international horror. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a little bit of a spaghetti. <laughs> But Lucio Fulci's Zombie, mm-hmm. or Zombie 2, Zombie as two, it were. Depending on, depending on where you see it, shut or shout out. <laughs> could indeed, oh, this Into the Mouth of March Madness <laughs> is... Unofficially sponsored by Shudder. So. <laughs> obviously, we promote physical media whenever you can. But if you can't, Shudder's out there. And it's Shudder good stuff, is phenomenal. So. But okay, Phantasm and Zombie. Mm-hmm. Those are two t- different, different things. That's a tough one for me because, like I said, both of them I have a lot of love for, but ultimately only one can move forward and transcend into the round of the Scream 16. So that one will definitely be an interesting matchup. Now, our next matchup as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's this is an interesting one as we are both homeowners mm-hmm. and there is nothing more terrifying than when the home itself turns against you. Yes. Because this is supposed to be your domicile. Uh-huh. This is your safe place. Nothing bad can befall you in your home. You're, 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 you're in your comfort zone. But unfortunately, there are a couple of films. And in our next bracket topic, which is Hostile Houses, mm-hmm. we have two films dealing with just such scary domiciles. Yes. Devilish demonic domiciles. Ooh, that's a guy. Ooh. Ooh. That's like saying Mustafa. <laughs> Devilish dom- domicile. Give him giving me the the hairs on the back of the neck standing up there and what's interesting is one of the films yeah isn't i've seen that oh yeah for me oh yeah yeah really yes really and i guess i'll we'll start with the one that i have seen Uh and it's one that has an interesting reputation and and technically started a franchise and i would argue has some of the most iconic imagery in horror cinema oh absolutely the amityville the amityville horror uh huh this one this one i why i i will go with later on to it but i remember having fond memories of my first watching of this one cuz this one messed me up and every time i see a house with a face on it i can't help but think of the house in amityville well it's so funny also that margot kidder is involved in it and she is steeped in such cool genre cinema mm-hmm. including a uh, black christmas that we just recently talked about but it's going to be going up against a film that, again, this is the I've seen that. And this is one that I'm like, fuck all this. Fuck all that. As of we're recording right now, I have I haven't seen this movie in a long time because it scared the piss out of me. Fuck this movie. In fact, the category was like, fuck that movie and his creepy ass mannequins and shit. Fuck all that noise. But we wanted to kind of keep it a little bit more PG-13 if we could. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going up against the Amityville horror, but tourist trap oof this one cemented my fear of uh mannequins and that's the thing that's what most people know it for is that that iconic kind of just that shot of the 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 empty mannequin face Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a a wonderful i'm assuming a wonderful first watch for me i can't wait to talk about it to experience it i'm 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 dreading this one i mean i really am because ptsd right well and it's funny because again eaten alive which came from the 70s was one that really affected you as well yes it is the eaten alive gave me the fucking heaviest of gbs and so like say what you will about you know the 1970s being an old genre what have you they those movies are still powerful scares they bring the scares they bring the horror that's for sure (laughs) well closing the year the decade of 1979 out we have our final topic here in our bracket and it is horror from beyond mm-hmm. 
And this is a tough, this not necessarily a toughie, especially I'd say for even normies, they're going to be, I know that one, but I don't know that one. And that one, I challenge people. That's a fun rewatch. That is a super fun fucking rewatch. I, yeah, no, this is great. And it's I, epic. Again, our shutter shout out here while it is available, but the visitor. Dun, 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 dun. Which uh, go back uh, to our most recent What's the Score episode. We played a clip from there. Yeah, it's a wonderful, weird, and it's from beyond. It is is a hard movie to follow, but it's a lot of interesting things. Technically could also be in the killer kid bracket as well. It totally could. (laughs) It's mean. But going up against The Visitor, and again, you're going to love it, but go and re-watch the one it's going up against because this is a Stone Cold classic. Yes, it is. This is one that I'm... Is it in the archives? I believe it is. I believe it is in the National Registry. And this is the first time we have Sir Ridley Scott gracing his presence on the podcast, but the original, the one that is creeping up on Aliens, Mm -hmm. Aliens. Alien. Yeah. Don't eat a bunch of food yeah. while you're watching that one. And on this podcast, no one will hear you scream. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> I reverse engineered, coincidentally, <laughs> from Spaceballs into like Aliens and Alien. Why isn't he singing? <laughs> He's supposed to be dancing. Those were low rent aliens <laughs> popping out. You know, they just wanted too much. They, yeah, it was, it was so fun. <laughs> but Alien itself, I mean, just the slasher in space, the pseudo slasher, call it what you will. So effective. Yeah. And as I've mentioned it many a times, I'm going to rewatch it again. And now it's going to creep up that much closer to Aliens as being my favorite in the franchise. And I can't wait to revisit it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, eight wonderful films from the year of 1979. Obviously, we could only pick eight. So there's still a handful out there that are not getting some love. So here is our chance ultimately to give some love to the films we're not talking about that obviously on any other day. Could Could, end up. Yeah, in there, right in there. Uh, First one, and uh, given the recent, uh, no, actually, technically, when we're recording here, the recent um, movie Crypt 48 hour marathon for the Yorkies, (laughs) Abel Ferrara visited. uh, We're going to have some drills and we're going to kill people. I got a great idea. (laughs) The movie Driller Killer. Yep. 1979. Abel Ferrara, just gnarly. We're going to drill him in the balls. Right in the balls. And you really haven't lived until you hear Felissa Rose and Joe Lynch <laughs> doing their Abel Ferrara impressions. It's quite wonderful. Uh, also, uh, Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. That, boy. <laughs> Starring one Klaus Kinski. Uh, and then also, you can't go wrong, again, the whole killer noun, killer animal genre. Uh, killer bear is almost a subgenre of the subgenre. Right. And we get a great example in Prophecy. Mm-hmm. Big old bear. <laughs> Which, and you haven't seen a bear this scary, actually, probably since Annihilation. And I'd love to think that Annihilation took some inspiration from Prophecy and <laughs> yeah. like a perfect world. There sure were a lot of killer bear movies back in the day. There was that, and Grizzly, and, and, and Day of the Animal. And it's like, all because of Jaws. Yeah. You know, thank you, Steven Spielberg, for launching a thousand killer animal movies. Well, you know what? Fuck all that noise with the uh, going out in the forest and stuff. That was them killer bears. No. <laughs> Well, not only did the 70s ruin nature for us, but they also uh, ruined answering the phone because in 1979, we had Carol Kane answering a phone with a when a stranger calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not quite. Hello. But no, like, it's hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's Carol Kane as well. And this mm-hmm. is when she was at like really young Carol Kane. She just, uh, she's so awesome. She's just a great actor. 
but also you can't really beat Olivia Hussey's just innocent, just hello. Yep, with her Diamond Dallas Page sweater. But you've got eight wonderful films from 79. Now, the other films that we didn't mention in 79, let us know again. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit, let us know in the comments because I know we've missed a few films. And again, we apologize on that. But we're going to flash forward 10 years to 1989. But mm-hmm. from present day, go backwards 30 years now. 30 years for films from the 80s. Man. Aren't we old? We're getting old. And you know what? The thing about that, I remember watching some of these in the theater. This is like the golden one. This is the one where it was like, and the 80s were always hard to like narrow down. We, I'd say that's also the biggest thing. You talk about having a difficult time narrowing it down to eight films. Mm-hmm. The 80s is just always like that, just the abundance of riches. Yeah. There's always something good in terms of pairing films. But 89, for the most part, though, was also that first time I think for the most part that it was a little bit easier. There wasn't as many gems as there were just, (laughs) I would say the quality definitely rose above the quantity. Right. There, there was some, uh, the cream rose to the top. Some of the previous years we had some fierce debates. This one, not so much, but again, we've got some just genuine good ones here. And also a first timer, which is kind of amazing, but our first bracket topic and our first matchup here in 1989, Uh there's an entire movie based around this matchup so why don't we you know pit freddy versus jason exactly it's you know what the mount rushmore battles oh, it's, it's, oh indeed and also technically and i'll give a shout out to the uh uh chris and dustin the men behind the masks uh if you like awesome custom jason masks check mm-hmm. them out but i know they've given us some grief before where are the Friday the 13th films? Because we have not featured them in the tournament. Exactly. It's, I think this is like one of the few Friday the 13th that's going to pop up. Well, no, it's the it's the it first is? time. It, it is. is. It is. Oh, wow. But strangely enough, wait a few few decades here. We might have a little something extra for you. Uh-huh. So we are indeed pitting Freddy versus Jason. And in this case, <laughs> we have. And, you know, but what, what a Jason does to come out the gate with. And what a Friday. And, and, well, and also, this is Freddy's umpteen. You know, he won the first official. Yeah. Ma- you know, so this is not his. In fact, this is his third appearance. This ain't his first rodeo. But unfortunately, kind of like diminishing returns, we are dealing with a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Uh huh. The dream child, indeed. And again, someone out there right now is like, "F you guys." That dream is the best is one, great. right? You, you know are... what? We're gonna talk about it because you know I like it. I like it as well. I mean, there's a reason it's on. Exactly. There's a reason why it's on here, and I'll even go. There's a reason why the Jason one is on here too. Well, uh, that and that is uh, was directed, uh, Freddy versus Jason by Stephen Hopkins, mm-hmm. and now, and again, like you mentioned, the first time we get to experience Jason is indeed part eight. Jason takes, takes Manhattan. Manhattan, New York. We're gonna, do, you know, we're gonna be talking about toxic waste and like street, street tubs. <laughs> well, this is also obviously a uh, chance to talk Kane Hodder's work as Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. and I think it'll be a lot of fun. That you know, even taking away the fact that we're in you know part five versus part eight the fact that yeah we have a full-on franchise war happening yep. there in the 80s mm-hmm. battling for supremacy this is mcdonald's versus burger king from like back in the 80s it truly is someone's gonna have it their way <laughs> also unofficially sponsored by burger king <laughs> hell yeah um but then that leads us to our next next matchup and bracket topic and this one 
I'll get a little peek behind the curtain. We literally just changed mm-hmm. right before we started recording. And that's the beauty of, I guess, you know, Thank calling you. an audible. Exactly. Because you know what? I mean, sometimes like, oh, that works good too. You got to be flexible occasionally when putting together the, uh-huh. uh, the tournament. And this particular topic is nice and easy. It's one we've uh, talked before in the tournament, but it's a simple creature feature. Yes. Underwater creature feature. And 1989 was one of those lovely, weird, like horror synergy things when you have, for example, even in genre, you had like Armageddon mm-hmm. coming out the same year as like Deep Impact. You had Volcano versus, and then it was Dante's Peak. Exactly. When you had those really weird competing like, things. Right at the same time, just two of the similar it, things battling. And it, it happened in 1989. It in happens the summer again. Of 1989. It happens again later in this bracket as well. But honestly, I could not pass up the chance to talk about one Greg Evagon's beard in this particular film, but we are indeed, and this is awesome too, in terms of the directors, uh, we have Sean Cunningham's Deep Star Six uh-huh. going up against Mr. Panos's Papa, yep. um, um, Mr. Cosmatos going up against Leviathan. These are both fun. I really, when you're like, hey, do you want to do Deep Star Six and Leviathan? I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Fucking underwater creature movies. Those are the best. And you know what? These are great examples of underwater creature movies. They're both wonderfully made. Yes. And I cannot wait to debate the merits of Peter Weller versus Greg Evigan. And they're both totally different. And that's what I like about these. So we're going to have, this is going to be a lot of fun. And this is one of those first round matches matchups for me that, again, no one really wins on that one because both of them could really move on because based on their merits alone. Right. And that one leads us to our next topic in uh, matchup. And this one I think is going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. one of the films is kind of a horror classic while the other one is more, like you said, it was more horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. But it was released out on Boutique Blu-ray a few years, so there's an audience for it. There's, um, dare I say, an appetite for it. Uh, But our next topic is going to be cannibal consumption. Yes. And you want to hear a confession? This category is... uh, I've seen that. Ah, excellent. Now, is it for one or both? Both. Excellent. Both. I cannot... Okay, this is one. I got to make sure I'm there for both. And we'll start with the one that I think is probably the less seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Vestron Video did a Blu-ray a couple years ago. And actually, I was... It was funny. The reason I actually saw this film the first time, it was a VHS viewing, but it was because uh, the band Mr. Bungle... In their liner notes, in their thank yous, they thanked parents, our parents, the movie. And so I did a little reverse engineering, and I came upon the movie The Parents, starring one Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's it's one that I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy it. I needed an excuse to buy it. This is the excuse. So it's going to be a first-time rewatch for me, but it's a first-time watch for you. Yep. Yep. And I, once again, I not saw the cover. I know enough about it where I can like, you know, yep. uh, and you so, can hold your own in the conversation. Right, right, right. And the, so, and the same thing with the next one, as much as we've talked about it, as much as we've talked about as it, much and as much as you've heard and, and, and yeah, but you've never seen a shunting in context. Correct. Until you sit down to watch Brian Yunza's society. Yes. So I'm excited for this. I've seen the shunting many numerous, numerous times. I mean, I think we, it should have been on loop during uh sleazy sci-fi cause like, <laughs> Pretty but. sure that was going through everyone's brains at the time. But no, parents versus society. Mm-hmm. Cannibal consumption. This is going to be a very end. And again, first time, this is the best thing of the tournament is finally getting an excuse 
to watch these films. Yeah, and rewatch some of them too, because ah, I'm excited. Those fantastic discoveries. Now, our last matchup here gives us an epic battle. Uh huh. Masters of horror, if you will. We had two franchises, uh, icons. Now we have two icon icons. True icons by every sense of the word. And honestly, this particular icon won Wes Craven in the year 1989 gave us and if you listen to the podcast you know we are both huge proponents of this film mm-hmm. and it's in this i think within his work it's definitely been underseen maybe misunderstood right this is the this is the middle child that nobody talks about but, everybody talks about old craven then everybody talks about young craven new craven but not newish craven but nobody talks about the middle kid and this one is it's that one middle kid that's extra smart and really hella cool and he was in the metal so yeah. he loved the soundtrack <laughs> for the one and only shaka yes horace pinker it's gonna be great that's probably going to be my favorite one to rewatch. I love that film. Horace Pinker is super scary. Yeah, he's the fucking man. The, I'm, I'm not going to get into it because no, we're no, going to no, save, it for, yeah, the we save it for the episode. But that that one master of horror, master icon, Wes Craven, going up against a literary icon of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, he he'll he'll scare the hell out of you because sometimes dead is better. And this is appropriate that we're going to be talking Pet Cemetery, uh-huh. and that the very next month in April, the remake. Yes, which I'm excited for. It looks creepy as that shit. That trailer was put together wonderfully, and the directors are the same duo that gave us Starry Eyes, mm-hmm. which, if you look back, want to be a star. Yeah, was our very first episode. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, so I and I dug the fuck out of that movie, so I'm excited for this one. I am looking forward to it. But yeah, Wes Craven going up against Stephen King in mm-hmm. that particular battle, which will then leave us from 1989. So we've got those particular eight wonderfully awesome 80s films transitioning us from the 80s to the 90s. But obviously, only picking eight, we have a huge... Yes. And we, t- we joked about it. In last year's tournament in the in the 80s section in uh, 1988 were all the sequels ultimately we ended up having we ended up having four sequels mm-hmm. in the that bracket <laughs> which is just unheard of and in 1989 my goodness we we had to leave a bunch of them out yeah uh, last year we had Halloween four mm-hmm. unfortunately we did not have Halloween five which saw a release in 1989 yeah. which sorry Danielle you know and I know it has its defenders. And That's bullshit. <laughs> I've been on the I've been on the bracket six times. <laughs> Donald Pleasance is always well represented, but it's a shame because this was kind of my go-to film when I was in high school. If I ever went on a date, which means I saw it maybe two times if I was lucky, <laughs> and one of those was maybe a, probably a date with myself. Halloween time. <laughs> but actually, that and, and I know you don't build your love of a film over sequence, but that initial. Um, little dumbwaiter sequence is mm-hmm. super terrifying. I remember being young enough that I thought the man in black reveal was actually kind of cool. You know, time doesn't heal all wounds, but we will give Halloween five a little bit of love. Uh-huh. But speaking of sequels, we could listen to this laundry list here. Sleepaway camp three. Yeah. And that's the really sleazy one with Michael J. Pollard in a role. Oh, so creepy. So creepy. Uh, stay away from the sewers. Chud two. <laughs> Beef. Bud, Bud the Chud with the B, Chud. yes. Beef the Chief. <laughs> now, this one, actually, I really made a case to be on the uh, the actual the tournament itself, but fly the Fly 2. Mm-hmm. And The Exorcist 3 was going to be. Oh, yes, and that's 
and that's would have been a sequel showdown uh-huh. but we ultimately had to put in some other things and again yeah. i'm this is exorcist 3 is the one i'm probably kicking myself the biggest for we kind of had a couple of brackets that we had already made that we had to like no let's do this one so like the like yeah things shifted around quite a bit <laughs> but that also shows you the strength of 1989 mm-hmm. uh we also have stepfather 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> who am i here in 1989 we have the howling five <laughs> which one? Which one? Which, which one? One is that? That's not the marsupials. That's all I know. Howling Five might be the freaks, if I recall. Oh, okay, okay. Where they match them in the freak show, and then uh-huh. Silent Night, Deadly Night Three. The t- the one with uh, no, num- that's number five. That's five with Mickey Rooney. With Mickey Rooney, Jiminy Chiller. No, I, he's making. Toy- I could make that. <laughs> Part three actually has Bill Mosley in him. Okay. Yeah. Santa will hunt. <laughs> now, the other one that I'm going to give a very little bit of special love, it's technically also a sequel, but goes by a non-sequel name. Mm-hmm. We are talking uh, House 3, also known as The Horror Show, which was originally going to be the logical matchup against Shocker. Shocker. Uh-huh. But we would but have felt bad leaving leaving Pet Cemetery out. This is the madness that comes yeah. from Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm-hmm. But then we would also be remiss if we didn't talk a couple funky franchises. Yeah, which originally, which was another going to be in the in the bracket. We were going to have funky franchises, and that's uh, with Puppet Master, which. The original Puppet Master, I really dig. And then Warlock with... I'm convinced. I'm convinced to this day that Julian Sands is truly a warlock. Like, he really is. Like, I'm going to be in a movie about me and it'll be the perfect ruse. The mortals will never know. He was doing that whole Joaquin Phoenix thing before he was. Yeah. Well, and also just remiss to be able to talk about just the wonderful locks of the um, warlock. Julian Sands. I don't even call him Julian Sands anymore. It's just Whenever the warlock. Like, Check out the warlock. You know, he could be in a fucking Hallmark made for TV movie as a cowboy. And they're like, well, the warlock's in the West. You know? <laughs> and dare I say it's the power of film, but it's also just because we're a bunch of nerds and God help us. You're, I mean, honestly, Jay, you, you are the reason I started laughing at Mandy. <laughs> that i didn't laugh before it's funny it's like why is the warlock cutting that girl's arms off and putting her in a box like what's what the fuck is warlock doing is this a spell you're no helena but you'll do (laughs) boxicnicus so flash forwarding again 10 years but rewinding the 20 into the year of 1999 Mm -hmm. films celebrating 20 years of horror this one i'm really excited for because there's some treats and some ones i am more than excited to rewatch because there's been some that i haven't seen since the uh theater and that's always what's funny with 1999 is ultimately that's the year that we've seen most of these in the theater that's mm-hmm. kind of the link there in the year of the 90s or the decade of the 90s and our first uh bracket breakdown our topic here in our our pair uh we are looking at wicked women yes now i should say this this does not mean all women are evil or anything like that. We were just we love alliteration, right? And, and this is we we had to, we wanted these two on there really bad, and we had to figure out a, like a common link for it. And I'm like, well, they both got like wicked women. Hey, done. Yeah, so we are a crackerjack operation here in <laughs> a podunk podcast. But the first matchup actually is a really interesting one because uh, one I did see in the theater. One, it took me a while, but has a reputation. You know, looking on the list, a lot of them are, we have to qualify horror adjacent. I, oh, you're right, actually. But truly, but that's the beauty of this. Of the, yeah. But, but also the strength of the 90s as well. Mm-hmm. But our first one is actually, and it's probably the first time we've mentioned any of his work on the podcasts, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, but Takashi yeah. Miyake has got, he, he transcends genres. Yeah. 
You know, anything he makes is going to be wild and weird. I mean, and, and if you will you not made, forget it. If you made a hundred movies, you have tackled every genre there is to tackle. He he makes you feel lazy when you look at like his <laughs> output. Uh, but we are, of course, talking of audition. Yes, ooh, the the perfect Valentine's Day movie. And that's a film that has a reputation. It is a, a film now in kind of the horror community that, much like a lot of those films we saw in the eighties, Faces of Death, mm-hmm. uh, movies like that, carried that reputation. Yeah. And it is going up against a film that doesn't have a reputation is kind of the most a total, total contrast of audition. It's almost a Disney movie. Yeah, it's it's Disney. It comes from a Disney property. Mm -hmm. We are, of course, talking Tim Burton, his first appearance here on the podcast. Yeah. And Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. So we have first timers. (laughs) Yeah. Sleepy Hollow. I would think that would probably be, even though it's very creepy, that's one of the, not horror adjacent, but that's going to be the ones where it's like, oh, that's not a girl. No, but it's definitely a horror movie. I was, and it it shocked me when I went and saw it originally was all the beheadings and the violence. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that kind of level. There was a lot of violence in there. And there there were a lot of kids that parents walked out when I went, we'll (laughs) we'll get to that when we get to there. But no, our first uh, bracket, you know, audition and Sleepy Hollow, wicked women going up against each other. Mm -hmm. Now our second one and... Man, we've talked about it a lot. From here on out, we are going to be dealing with a lot of remakes. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, especially the end of the 90s into 2000s, remake was the word. Grease used to be the word in the 70s. Remake, remake is, the word. is the word now. And we are looking at two haunted remakes. Mm-hmm. And actually, this one I'm I'm looking forward to because this one I need to need to rewatch. I remember seeing these in the theater and like kind of digging them. So, well, the first one is built and based around a 1963 film. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, how many years in advance? And you would think then the technology is going to be better. It's just going to blow that film out of the water and we're going to get into it. But we were talking Jan de Bont's remake of The Haunting. I saw the original Thank mm-hmm. you, Terror Tuesday, Alamo Drafthouse. And I dug it. Yeah. I dug it a lot. In fact, it's one of those films that you can see, like, Sam Raimi just watching all these shots going, I'm going to use that one day. Oh, wax works. Oh, wax works wax completely. Works, wax works, too. Yeah. There's so many good things to it. So this is one I'm anxious to revisit because I know just Jan de Bont just does not seem like the director you want doing a... a haunted House film. Right. Right. It would almost seem like he would be better served with the other haunted remake... And this one is a remake of a uh, 1959 Vincent Price film, mm-hmm. House on Haunted Hill. I remember seeing this in the theater, and we'll go into that one. And I remember enjoying it. And once again, we'll go into that one later. But this one is a rewatch because that there was a whole string of those remakes that I really dug. That and like Thirteen Ghosts and shit like that. I yeah. So I'm excited for this one because I both remember vividly. And so. that's the other thing is uh, quite a few of these I have not seen since I've seen in the theater. Exactly. Which is going to make them wonderful. So going from haunted remakes to our next creature feature. Uh And in 1990, we are going one definitely horror adjacent. Now, the other one for me, it's a pretty much straight horror, but I could also people seeing how you could argue horror adjacent as well. But yeah, no, we they will. They are horror and we will talk about they are. horror. So let's get the straight horror adjacent one out of the way. And uh, this is also probably the first time he's been mentioned on the, we got a lot of first timers yeah. in Into the Mouth of March Madness this year. Uh, we, are, we are going and talking about one Stephen Summers. Mm-hmm. Stephen Summers and another first timer. We, we don't talk about Brendan Fraser a lot here on the podcast. Which is a shame because I love me some Brendan Fraser. Me too. And especially here in The Mummy. And it's... I. 
I love me some Rachel Wise, and also shout out, she is awesome in The Favorite. If you have not seen that, I want to see that. That looks check good. Check it out. She is phenomenal in it. She's um, a treat. She she is. No, it's 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 a fun movie. It's a fun, and not that we don't have fun with the films in our tournament here, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of them are kind of dour. You know, we got <laughs> Miyake have, in here, right? Some have sad endings. Some not everybody wins, but every now and then, both these movies are kind of horror adjacent, and they're calling both a lot of fun, and they're both a lot of horror. And the Mummy itself is a remake mm-hmm. of the classic 1930s Universal. So ultimately, horror pedigree. Yep. Now, it is matched up with a film that for me is a straight horror film. I would agree with that. Uh, it has a horror director in Steve Miner. Uh, it is a it is another killer noun film. Mm-hmm. It's a killer <laughs> gator. We're talking about the with the wonderful Betty White. We're talking about a little bit of Lake Placid here. Yeah, come on, she's gonna root for the gator. You know yeah. why? Why wouldn't she? Right? Exactly. I love Betty White, and I love when old ladies talk filthy. It's hilarious to me. Uh, Oliver Platt in this film playing yeah. uh, just a um, very pretentious professor. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot to love. Uh, two wonderful creature features going up against each other, uh, which leads us to our final matchup in 1999 and this one is another first rounder for me that's a toughie yeah that for me i think any of these films could actually win the entirety of into the mouth of march madness really i really i stand firm behind both of these and our final topic and uh, bracket breakdown here in the, the year of 1999 is weird wilderness. Mm-hmm. The wilderness getting weird with you. You want to get, you know. You want to get weird in the willows? Outside? You don't necessarily have to be under a bridge to get weird. <laughs> We're going to go outside and like get weird in the trees. Fucking rickety cricket comes out. Man, let's get weird. It looks like he's been through the wild with any of these two films. And the matchup here is wonderful. But we are going up against um, uh, Antonia Bird's underseen cult classic, Ravenous. Somebody's licking me. Yes. Look back to our January episode of Nerds of Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I know that played wonderfully. It got weird, it just like gets, the wilderness. <laughs> you know, when, when, when you're talking about getting freaky, marrying or killing, uh, you know, cinematic cannibals, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But going up against this is another weird wilderness film, and one that, for a lot of people, is the horror film of the '90s. Right. A lot. This is the gateway for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's one I saw in the theater, and I'm going to talk all about it. Uh, it was memorable. It was frightening. Uh, it forever changed me. But the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared. Oh, it's frightening. Yes. So so good and so scary. Uh, Gonna I'm, be ready, a, a, I'm ready to see this one. I'm ready to see Blair Witch again. Has it been a while since you've it's seen it? It's been a long time since I've seen it. And it's one of those, again, how does it age, yeah. considering it kind of really didn't give birth to the found footage film. Because you know me and found that. footage, so I'm willing, I'm, I'm ready to look at this one again. There's a reason why, but there's a reason why we're talking about it. Now, eight films from 1999, obviously we left a few off here, mm-hmm. this is where we want to make sure we're giving them some love, so you're not, you know, hitting us up on Twitter, on uh, Nightmare Junk, or you Facebook at Nightmare Junk. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, the first one I want to give love to is uh, one that I really, when we were putting this together, it was in my original bracket, but we just had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, the politics behind the tournament, but Idle Hands. Yeah. This one deserves an honorable mention. There, It deserves to be in the tournament. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. This one 
I think we are both like, man, we really want to get this one in there. We'll have to do. We'll, we'll have to do like a, a, a commentary, epi- commentary or at least episode. this episode. Yeah, we'll have to do that. If so we do have an episode with it or a commentary, the Goth GGP has got to be in there. Yeah. So no, we got. We're gonna. We're gonna. We'll talk about Idle Hands. Well, uh, we've talked a little bit about Terror Tuesdays, but uh, one of their feature films, and I still can't believe it. They did it. It came out. Given uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips a little bit of love and Dina Meyer with bats. Bats. Man. You like guano? Uh, that movie actually, it gave me some some shivers because, like, you know, me and bats. I mean, it's just <laughs> rats with wings. Exactly. And then we had, a, a, we talk about kind of competing studios and weird horror synergy, but two films that came out in 1999 that had similar kind of tangential uh, connections, but The Sixth Sense. And Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Both dealing with like ghosts. And, Which could have easily been a bracket, a bracket pairing. itself, exactly. Uh, Once again, you have to give away something. And, you know, 20 years from 1979, David Cronenberg's Existence, mm-hmm. which is another creepy one. That with a weird gun and like, uh, and like also, video games with like creatures. And also featuring uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Jennifer. J. Jason Lee. Mm, she is so freaking good. Um Killer sharks, deep blue sea. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking shark ate me. <laughs> what is it? My heart, my head is like a shark's shark's fin. My hat is like a shark's fin. Oh, good lord! It's it's baby kind of... shark. Do 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 do. Baby shark. People are getting pissed right now. And we had a plethora of sequels as well. We're gonna give a little love to the Ring Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna give a little love to Candyman Three. Hey, Day of the Dead, was which that is gonna two? be which is getting the remake. Oh yeah, yeah. From Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele producing. Uh, we we talked about it uh, being a funky franchise. Warlock three coming out in nineteen ninety nine. I'm still ten years later, and I'm still the warlock. Ah, Adrian, get away from the uh, the crafts table there. <laughs> uh, following that up, Retro Puppet Master again, another freaky franchise. The Return. So, <laughs> and then finally, Wishmaster two, getting a little love there as well. God damn it. That's the only thing. Too bad Buckflowers wasn't in Wishmaster 2. That would have made the movie that much better. You, but that's still a lot of fun. Scientific proof. You put him in anything, it makes it better. Mm-hmm. Well, closing out the Into the Mouth of March Madness bracket is films celebrating 10 years of horror. Yes. You know, we've talked about it, you know, many a times. For us, 10 years is kind of that initial point of you know, does your horror film have legs? Mm-hmm. Are you still talking about it 10 years later? Exactly. And here we are in the year of 2009. We've got eight films that we are definitely still going to be talking about. And again, quite a few that are kind of the, uh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Nice. So let us go ahead and start with our first bracket and our first pairing. And here we're going just with good old-fashioned international horror, mm-hmm. international flavor, and two films that, uh, yeah, I've seen those. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no, though. These two first-time viewings for me. The first is by Sean Byrne. Uh, this is one I know that Jill is actually a big fan of, uh, but we are going to be viewing and talking about The lo- Loved Ones. I think you will enjoy it. I think So this is one it. you have seen? Yes. And this is uh, kind of a la Revenge-esque? Uh-huh. And that's all I know. It's pretty badass. That's all I, I know. I think you'll dig it. Well, we're going to be pairing it with another master here, uh, Chan Wook Park, who... Old Boy, mm-hmm. uh, the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, his DNA is all over cool, weird genre films that make you feel weird. Yeah. 
And and this one's actually no, from what I've heard, is no different. This one's a nice scene that too for me. Ah, so your first time as well? Yes. So we're going to get weird with vampi- vampires, priest. Uh, this one is thirst. Yeah, anything with like fucked up priests and like, what was it, unholy? Like, oh, unholy, yep. Yeah, so I'm excited for this one because I've heard it's messed up and fun. Yeah, so. Yeah, and again, two first time viewings for me. And again, what I love is the excuse to talk about these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's going to be an interesting first round matchup, which leads us to our second round. Which is another I've seen that, um, and it's really funny because I've owned the DVD for quite some time, and another one that I've really enjoyed and definitely have been kind of champion for quite some time. But our next bracket topic, House of Horrors. Yes. We're going back to the dangers of home ownership. We opened in the 70s with it. We're going to close in the 2000s because it doesn't matter what no. decade. Yeah, the, if the horror can get into your house, it's going to get you. And that's what makes it scary. And these are two good examples, even though one is in I've seen that for me. Excellent. So, oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay, so on the count of three, let us reveal which one is the I've seen that. Okay. One, two, three. The house Collector. The <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. We definitely got to make sure we're there when we watch it again. Exactly. Uh, both available. Thank you, Shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. Ty West's House of the Devil mm-hmm. going up against uh, C. Marcus Dunst, uh, Marcus Dunstan's The Collector. Collector. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy The Collector as well. I think you'll enjoy House of the Devil. Excellent. That's going to be a lot of fun. That means it's going to be a good debate. Not if it's a good matchup. Yeah. No, and actually... House of the Devil definitely has that 80s feel. So, again, you get it, you know, again, in the new millennia, you get, you know, people starting that whole nostalgia vibe. And the collector is pure 2000s. So interesting dueling, dueling contrast in Mm -hmm. the year 2009. Well, that leads us to our next bracket topic. And this is always a fun contrast. But, you know, anytime you can talk, you know, horror comedy, comedy horrors. Mm hmm. It's it's a pretty tough balance for the most part. It is. It's a tough line to draw, but when done well and done right, it leaves a good, it leaves it a good impression. And this particular topic is going to be laugh till you drop dead, and we've got two horror comedies going up against each other, and two really good ones. Yes. One again featuring a master of horror, and the other one that kind of was a surprise hit. Yeah, and has cemented not cement, I wouldn't call them a master of horror now, but they're definitely some go to guys. There's some really good ones in there, yeah. and our first one is the master of horror. Uh, we've talked about his films all the time. He came up earlier in our, my talking of The Haunting. Uh, but man, Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Oh, this one gets ooey and gooey. This one is mean and fun. It is. It's And you recently had a chance to see it on the big screen again, mm-hmm. which I know oh, we'll, we'll get into it there. But uh, no one that's not necessarily... And over, it's not a comedy, overtly comedic. No, but there's it's more horror than comedy. But the other one is more comedy than horror. And but there's horror in it too. Absolutely, and it's again finding that balance. But it, uh, Drag Me to Hell is going to be pitched up against a film that we'll probably break out a Twinkie for mm-hmm. uh, if we're going to stay on brand. Tallahassee, and this one was one of like my newer favorites. Really? Yeah. Uh, Zombieland. Yes, I am. Ex- I'm excited for going both of these head. And that one does that one have a sequel coming out? Mm, yes, or it does. From okay. the same writer director, and everybody's going to join. Come back. So I'm excited. They're gotten the band back together. That's, so that'd always, be dope. that's always a nice thing to happen there. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a fun one to battle against each other. And then our final bracket of 2009 and indeed our final bracket of the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament for the year of 2019. We've <laughs> we've, we've talked about remakes before, but it was interesting with this pairing because we knew we wanted these two films. Yeah, but there, there was nowhere <laughs> we could put them and there was nothing else we could really put them up against. However, being that genius is a genius, you know, it's just not a, you know, a name. It's, you know, it's, it's a way of life. <laughs> it's a 
we have life. I like it spooky. Our next topic in our bracket is something old. Something new. Which pits, uh, and actually, we've actually devoted an entire episode to this first film. Go and check it out. Uh, but we are talking about Orphan, mm-hmm. which is creepy beyond creepy. Oh. Because it, again, involves... It's killer kids. Well, killer, killer nouns are all over And almost exploitation. Yes. So oh. there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think Killer Nun was actually in 1979. Another shout out there to oh. make sure we give that. Uh, but going against Orphan is uh, a remake, but we had, you know, complaints of not enough Jason in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournaments. So we're going to make up for that with two Jasons. And we're doing it with, um, you know, a Jason, Derek Mears, who's going to be playing the new Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a great casting choice. I think, he's, I think he's wonderful because I think he gives life to this Jason. But this film... I'm a champion of. I really dig this. And I think I think it deserves to be on the bracket. And I know people are like, man, the remakes are bullshit. But I think the Friday the 13th remake is one of those rare cases where the remake is done just to the original. And material. we will be showing our work yep. and defending our choices here in the year of 2009. Eight awesome horror flicks. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, we've again got a number of films that easily in my first one, my first honorable mention, I'm kicking myself for not putting it in there because I love her work. Karin Kusuma's Jennifer's body. Yeah, that would have been a good. That's a good one to watch. It is a good one. And it's one that actually, thankfully, has been receiving a little bit more kind of like love online. So I think it's starting to become that cult classic. Yeah. And we could have paired it with one of I got an honorable mention with Descent, too. Ooh, so we absolutely. could have like warrior women. Uh, uh, staying on the sequel track there, Wreck 2 came out, along with the final Destination. Uh Which I like a lot. I really enjoy the Final Destination movies. The franchise itself is not bad. Uh, Speaking of another franchise, that I wouldn't say it's not bad because it's messed up, but The Human Centipede also came out that year. Another interesting film that kind of gave life to uh, the vampire genre, Daybreakers. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, and when you look at these films, these are all totally worthy of discussion. They're worthy of inclusion. We understand that. Daybreakers alone, Willem Dafoe as an ex-vampire greaser. So, like... So good. Again, you check out every honorable mention. And yeah. In fact, if Daybreakers is your all-time favorite vampire film, you are correct. Exactly. And we are idiots for not putting it in the <laughs> tournament. Uh, but again, we can only fit eight, so that's, we, that's had, we had to make some tough calls. Freaking Dead Snow came out in 2009. See, that would have been a good one against Zombieland. Mm-hmm. So. But that's why, again, the pairings come into play. Mm-hmm. A lot of politics there. Thankfully, exactly. we're still we, on the same, the same thing. But in re- terms of remakes, uh, we had The Last House on the left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not all right with me. <laughs> as well as uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Uh-huh. We could have made remake or mistake. Yeah. Had and categories for days. Space horror uh, film, Pandorum. With Norman Reedus. No. So a lot, an interesting variety of films from 2009. I mean, if you look also at the overall tournament itself from 79 all the way to 2009, what I love is just the weird diversity you get with horror. You get a lot of variety. And I think there's a very good representation of all different types of flavors. I mean, we got creature features and haunted houses and we've got remakes and, and, and classics and icons. Maybe we're just hungry potentially, but I do love the fact that I think it's an apt horror uh, buffet metaphor is you do just take little bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, but again, make sure, show us your work. Who is winning your Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament? I know I already had my picks put together 
But the beauty of when we put it out on podcast it form. It can go anyway because I'm already like, like, well, you know, just even talking about it like, well, okay. A lot of these I'm so excited to rewatch and first time watch. It's so. going to be a lot of fun. So starting on Monday, we are going to be going into the first round of our films from 1979. So go ahead and make sure you watch them over the weekend. Show your work. Again, follow us on social media, on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. So until the, uh, you know, 40 years later or 40 years behind. Let the madness begin. This is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Oh.